Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest on today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Morgan. Um, I'm Balanced by Morgan on Instagram. Um, and a little bit about me is I'm 17. I'm a senior in high school. I run cross country and I run track. I am the biggest dog person you will ever meet. I spend a lot of my free time volunteering at my local animal shelter. And on top of that, I um, also have a really big passion for nutrition and cooking and just fueling as an athlete. And yeah. Love that. Love that. And you also have an Instagram, right? Where you share all your life kind of. Yes. Uh, Balance by Morgan. Awesome. Go give her a follow you guys. <laughs> so going into your running story, how did you get into running? What was your life like growing up as a kid? Did you play other sports? Lead us through all that. Okay. So I'm going to try and keep it somewhat kind of short because I could talk about this forever because my story is very all over the place. I basically never grew up being an athletic kid, never did like sports. Like I think the only sports that I did growing up was I played soccer in kindergarten and then fourth grade, I started doing recreational gymnastics, but I like never played an actual competitive sport. Um, I had always liked fitness and all that, but I was never really athletic. I've never really like very fit or anything like that. Um, and then as I got older, I just like stopped liking gymnastics. But at that point, now that I'm older, like I realized that like movement made me feel strong and made me feel good. So I really wanted to like find like movement that I enjoyed. And I had always said for the longest time that when I get to high school, I want to do cross country. And I don't know where it came from. It's just I wanted to do cross country. So come my freshman year, the summer of going into it, um, I ended up missing the whole preseason because I didn't know preseason was a thing. Oh, yeah. And then my mom and I emailed my coach, asked if I could join the team. He was like, of course. I went the first practice and the night before I was literally at a concert. So I was running on like five hours of sleep and I have absolutely no running experience whatsoever. I can't even run one full lap around the track without stopping. And I absolutely hated my first day. I literally cried after every single practice. I hated it pretty much all of freshman year until like one of my races at the end. Cause I wasn't good at all. Like I could barely like get through like practices without even stopping. Like, I just never really put my mind to it because I just went in with the mindset like, okay, you hated it the first day. You're going to hate it forever. So I never really enjoyed it until one of my freshman races, I ended up winning a medal and that kind of like oh, yeah. sparked something in me. Like, you know what? Like maybe this could be like fun. And then once cross country ended, I kind of ran a little bit on my own and then I stopped once the winter came and then quarantine hit. And then like in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, like Morgan, you're not a quitter. Like I'm a very determined person. So once I start something, like I have to keep going with it. So I was like, you're going to go back to cross country and you're going to like, you're going to do it and you're going to try. And I remember starting to run again during quarantine just to like find something to do. And that's when I actually started to fall in love with running. I just like found running so rewarding like I was able to run two miles without stopping and then I wanted to run three and then four and I just fell in love with running and the movement of running and then I actually started to improve a little bit um my sophomore season I was running like 24 minute 25 minute 5ks but I was actually like doing all the hard workouts I was yeah might have been yeah. behind all the girls like the top girls but I was like actually like going and doing them you're putting and in I the was, work 
yeah at this point it was like okay like I want to like prove to people that I'm not the little freshman last year that just quit and was like scared of everyone and scared of everything because like freshman year I had really bad like social anxiety and I just like didn't know how to like talk to new people so like meeting new people terrified me so I was so shy but this year I was like I want to like get to know the team more and just really like prove people like I like want to get better at this yeah and then I had my sophomore season. Those were the times I was running. I had really bad racing anxiety, but I still loved running. Um, and then I ended up my last meet of that season. My coach allowed me to run varsity this season, which was so like amazing for me because I was like, wow, like last year you couldn't run two miles without stopping. And now I was running varsity. Sure. I was coming in the last half of the race, like towards the end, I was the seventh runner on my team, but still like literally your times and your place not to find you like if you are running you're a runner and that's yeah I don't care what time you run like if you run like I have so much respect for you but anyways my last meet of that season I ended up having an anxiety attack mid-race and I ran like my slowest time ever and I was like really determined to go back the next week and just like prove to myself like you're more than your anxiety and it was also um, state sectionals and my team was expected to win for the first time ever in school history. And of course, that was the week that my family got COVID. And oh. I spent the entire week quarantined by myself in my room because I was the only one who didn't get it. Oh, no. And my team did win and I missed it. And because I missed it, that's what really sparked in me. Like, okay, I want to keep my spot on varsity next year. Like I want to be like a definite varsity spot so I trained all on my own during the winter I didn't do winter track or spring track um I it was very mentally hard because I went on the treadmill every day and I hate the treadmill but I started to incorporate strength training and like cross training and just really understanding the importance of rest days and going the one mistake I did make is I was going hard like every day because at this point it was like I want to get faster I want to get faster and like for a bit of time, like, yeah, it was working, but Mm -hmm. then I started to like mentally burn out and it's like, you can't go hard every single day and expect your body to, you don't want to burn out of something you love. So young. Exactly. Yeah. So I really started to like burn out mentally, but then thankfully the warmer weather came and I had definitely seen improvement. I was now running like around 23 minutes and my goal was to break 23 minutes in the season. And my coach started to realize like, wow, like I actually improved a lot, but at this time, I started to unintentionally underfuel because I was vegetarian and now I was running at an intensity that I never had before. So that was definitely like prohibiting my performance to be the best that it possibly could be. Um, and then once I did actually start to fuel myself properly and learn how to fuel properly and become educated on nutrition as an athlete, that's when I like really saw like performance change and I remember doing a time trial last summer and I ran 2005 on my home course, which was faster than like some of the already the varsity girls on my team. Like it was like the fourth spot. And my coach at that point was like, okay, like you're running the fourth spot. You're definitely varsity. And I was like, so awesome. I was like, the goal was to break 23 minutes. And now my coach is telling me that I'm going to be running the fourth spot. And then I ended up, um, running the second spot on my team for pretty much most of the season and just running in the 19s and the 20s. And now my senior season, I, my uh, senior 
preseason, I was running the highest mileage I ever have and feeling amazing. I've been working with a running trainer, doing strength training. So I just feel stronger and I've really just grown as a runner because I'm so much more educated on running and nutrition as an athlete compared to where I was last year, where I didn't even know that you needed like carbs and protein. Like I didn't know anything. And I ended up breaking 19 for the first time already this season. And it's just, that's a brief That's amazing. That's amazing. That makes me so happy. Sorry, that was really long. No, no, it's good. There's nothing better than like the feeling of progressing in your sport and Mm -hmm. especially hitting times you never knew you could hit. You're like, where did that come from? And it's like, I don't say any of that to brag and like sound self-conceited. Like I say that to show like, literally you can make your dreams a reality. Like I remember sitting my freshman year watching like the top girls on my team and like idolizing them and being like, I want to be able to run like a seven minute mile or like a six minute mile one day, or like just be able to finish a 5k course. And then I was literally running with them last year in races and we were coming in one, two, three together. Like you can literally do anything you put your mind to. That's amazing. So when Thank you. in your running journey, when you started freshman year, what about the sport made you stick with it? Cause you said you used to cry after practice and you hated it. Yeah. What was like in you that made you just persevere and stick with it and learn to love it? Yeah. So I always say that running has made a huge impact in my life, not just because I found like my niche in life, the thing that I'm like actually like good at and I'm passionate about but it's really changed me as a person and helped me discover who I am and mature as a person because my freshman year, I have always struggled with, and I still do, but I've gotten much better. I go into things with like a negative mindset sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think like the worst possible things that can happen. And I get very anxious very quickly. So then when something goes wrong or I don't like something or I'm turned off by something, I'm just completely closed off by it. And I'm like, set like I'm stubborn like that like if I don't like something I don't give it a chance and I definitely did that my freshman year because again like I didn't really know anyone on my team I was an incoming freshman with no running experience and I'm seeing these girls who are crazy fast and I'm awkward around new people so I was talking to no one and I was just kind of like sitting on the sidelines and because I was running the freshman races like it didn't matter if I ran or not because I wasn't on like the scoring team um So it was kind of like, if I didn't want to run a race, it was okay. If I did run a race, it was good. Um, But it's like, because I wasn't on the scoring team, it was just kind of like, I felt like I was watching everyone win the medals and like, oh, like the cross country team won, but like, I wasn't on that winning team. So it was kind of like awkward and everything. And I just like wanted to be in the pictures and wanted to have the medals around my neck. And I definitely think, because I went in with that closed mindset and then just being turned off by the fact that I wasn't really feeling like I fit in. I was just like, Nope, I hate this. Absolutely hate this. But then when I did end up winning a medal on my own in one of my freshman races, that really clicked to me like, Oh, like you can do this. And it made me realize like how rewarding running is and made me realize that I'm capable of more than I think. So that's when I really, it started to like click like, okay, like maybe if I like actually go and put time into this, I can get better. And then, like I said, like I trained a little bit, fell in love with running during quarantine, came back sophomore year, got better. And then I did run one JV race my sophomore season. And in that season, I was 
in or in that race, I was in the lead for the whole race. And I was about to win like my first ever race. And I got passed by three people on the hill at the end. And ever since that moment, like I'm still mad about it to this day. And it's coming up on two years ago. Ever since then, I was like, I can't have people like I, I need to go out and get my goals. Like I can't have people pass me like that. And like, lose like a once in a lifetime opportunity. I was so determined at that point to come back and just like, yeah, redeem myself from that moment, whether it was win a race or run a time, like hit a PR, whatever it was. That's really those two moments, like were very pivotal for me to like actually find that determination that I had for running. And then what made me fall in love with running or like racing. Cause at this point I still had racing anxiety was just honestly doing that time trial my uh junior preseason that was like the third um other time those are the top three that really helped me find that determination in running and fall in love with racing um having so having that competitive aspect be built in me but then seeing like wow I can do more than I think and seeing like my coaches were saying I was going to run these times and I did and I didn't believe I was capable of it but they did once because they like predicted the time I was going to run my first meet. And I literally like ran that once I saw like, Oh, like they know what they're doing. And I really found my trust in my coaches, but also the trust that I had in myself. That's when like racing, like now excites me rather than it's terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then what is the biggest lesson you've learned as a runner? Ooh, that's a really good question. Cause running teaches a lot for sure. Yeah. I was actually, I was actually on a walk yesterday with my friend and we were talking about the questions that you sent me and we got to this one and she said, um, we said this together that every, anyone can run, but not everyone can be a runner. And I think that's definitely the biggest lesson I learned is that running is like 15% physical and 85% mental. mental. Like, yeah, you need to build the mental strength in this sport that no other sport requires. And it's like, you have to be willing to go and push yourself and get uncomfortable with, get comfortable with uncomfortableness and do the hard speed workouts and do the hard hill workouts and put in that hard work to see the results you want. But you also need to remember that like, you need to have your easy days and your recovery days and you need to put your body first. So if you're hurting and you really want to run in that meet, but you're hurt, you're not going to run in the meet because you have to put yourself first. And it's like, that's like mentally hard as a runner because you start to love it so much and you always want to do it. And it's like runners tend to think like you take one day off and you're going to lose all your progress. And that's not true. And it's like, there's so many mental barriers that you have to get through and running. And it's not just the mental barrier of getting uh, comfortable with running hard paces. It's getting comfortable with putting your body first and getting comfortable with doing those workouts that you don't want to do, or getting comfortable with running in the rain because you have to get your run in at practice or running in the cold. Like there's, it's such a mental sport. And that's definitely, um, the biggest lesson I learned is that you have to have mental toughness in order to get the results that you want and just life in general. Very well said. Very well said. Thank you. And then you had mentioned your season of underfeeling. 
Would, mm-hmm. Do you think you could attribute any of that to maybe comparison of times or just falling? I know there's a very stereotyped runner, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm, being, I'm using air quotes for everyone who's yeah. listening. There's <laughs> a stereotyped runner and what a quote-unquote runner does and looks like. Mm-hmm. Did comparison to that or even your teammates subconsciously even cause this at all, do you think? Um. So I definitely think so in February of 2021, so this is um, after my sophomore season, getting ready to go into junior year. It's the end of sophomore year. So that winter, the winter of sophomore, sophomore year, yeah. Um, I started to unintentionally lose weight as well. And it wasn't like I was losing weight because I wanted to. It was just my body naturally adjusting to this new mileage High and energy, intensity yeah. volume. It wasn't like I was losing weight and was automatically a bad thing. Like my body was just adjusting to my new active lifestyle. Um, But then in the summer, I did end up falling to too low of a weight. And it was to a weight that I was insecure with because I felt like I got too low of a weight. And my parents saw how upset I was over it. So I don't think the underfueling was caused by necessarily I felt like I had to be thinner to run faster again I'm using air quotes because of that stereotype like I don't think the stereotype of you have to be thin to be fast is what caused it because it's literally not true and I could rant about that forever like literally strong over anything like you want to feel strong and you want to feel you want your body to feel its strongest and its healthiest and you have to let your body find that. And that might mean being a weight that your brain doesn't want to be, but if it's what is going to help your body run its fastest times and perform its best, that's where you, you need to go and let your body be. But um, I think definitely having the reaction of looking at myself and feeling insecure because I felt too thin and I felt like I just felt like I need to be a heavier weight and I want to be a heavier weight. That's how I knew it wasn't necessarily caused by that stereotype. It was more of just, I was so uneducated in how to eat as an athlete. Because again, like I had, I never had an athletic background before. And even when I was running my freshman and my sophomore year, I still wasn't running at such a high intensity or high volume that the way I was eating was still adequate enough for my lifestyle, but I just really upped everything in the winter. And then being vegetarian at the time and having no knowledge on nutrition, I didn't realize that eating a lot of vegetables makes you feel full, even if you're not getting in the calories. So I thought, oh, I'm listening to my body. I'm not hungry. I don't need that night snack because I had a filling dinner when really half my plate was like vegetables and I wasn't getting in adequate calories and I wasn't getting in enough fats because I didn't realize that you needed healthy fats. So having no knowledge of nutrition and as stupid as it sounds, like not knowing how to eat is really what contributed to exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think anything like having fear foods or any of that, it didn't um, cause my underfueling. It was just straight up. I was overwhelmed didn't know how to eat as an athlete. And I do remember watching people's what I eat in a days on TikTok and Instagram, trying to see like how an athlete ate and trying to like mimic that because I thought that's how I didn't understand that nutrition 
is so individualized and caloric needs are so individualized. So I thought like, oh, like if I eat similar to how all these runners are eating, I should be fine. Or I thought like, I didn't understand how calories work. So I thought like X amount of calories is the amount you should have in a day. So if you're below, it's fine. But like, I, I didn't understand, like if you're below, that's not good. Like yeah. you would rather want to have more in you than not enough in you because yeah. your body knows what to do with extra food. Like it knows how to respond to that extra energy. So I didn't understand that either. So I wasn't like counting calories, but I was like, oh, like I'm estimating I'm around here, which is close to that X amount of calories. So I should be fine. But I was like, I I really didn't understand how calories work. Now I know that is literally not how calories work. And also, I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone. I didn't, I forgot to say, I was going to mention like calories and stuff like that. But now to me, calories are like non-existent. Like, I yeah. listen to my body and also there's times where I don't listen to my body as an athlete as in I know like okay maybe I'm not feeling super hungry at night but I need but to I, eat but I had a hard workout so I'm gonna have that night snack yeah so going back to your question I definitely think maybe watching all those what I eat in a day is kind of made me like feel even more confused but I don't think it was necessarily what caused the underfueling. I think it was just my lack of education on nutrition and then trying to like figure it out. And I thought the way of doing that was by seeing what other people were doing, made it go on longer than it probably should have, because I didn't, again, didn't understand that nutrition is so individualized and so personal. So, yeah. Yeah. That's totally fair. I mean, when I started running, I had just gone vegan pretty much. And I was watching all these vegans who like weren't they weren't active at all they're just like people who are just vegan mm-hmm. and yeah. following them and looking back I'm like what were you doing like yeah. you're running like 30 miles a week plus strength training like you can't exactly. be eating like the average person like let alone like, vegan you know yeah and it's like when I was like eating during my sophomore season I was eating enough but I definitely wasn't eating like an athlete should have been because yeah. it's like I get like torn between intuitive eating and eating as an athlete because I feel like an athlete can never truly just intuitively. Yeah. Because if you were to listen to your body all the time, you might be not eating enough because your hunger can get suppressed from your workouts. Or you could be like, oh, I'm really craving a salad, but you ran six miles in the morning. So you need carbs and protein and healthy fats in that salad. And you can't just go skimping on the carbs because a light salad sounds refreshing. Like you're going to need to have a grain in it or bread on the side because that's what you need as an athlete. So um, that's why like, I don't always agree with intuitive eating, but it's also like, I kind of agree more like, okay, give your body what it needs and what you want. Like if you're craving a salad, have it. But, but make that conscious yeah. yeah, make that conscious effort to have carbs with it. So during my sophomore season, when I was really uneducated on nutrition, I had really started to run a little bit more. I didn't understand that at all. So I remember like going home for like lunch before practice. And I would, <laughs> I remember eating like half a box of Cheerios, a yogurt, and then like some fruit or whatever. And just like, that was like my lunch. I was like, okay, that's normal. And then I would like come home and like maybe have some more Cheerios or have like goldfish as a snack. I'm like, you just did a speed workout on the track and you're having goldfish afterwards. Like 
that's not exactly the best post-workout snack for recovery benefits. Um, maybe pair it with some protein or chocolate milk, chocolate milk, pair it with chocolate milk. Yeah, literally. That's my childhood snack. Goldfish and chocolate milk is so <laughs> nostalgic to me. I used to eat it for breakfast, like watching TV. Oh. Chocolate milk is like the ultimate nostalgic food. It really is. I know. That's so funny. Oh my word. But it's like, that's really like how I was like eating or I would have like, this is like before, like I tried like tofu and tempeh and like foods, like actual foods when I went vegetarian. Um, I would have a lot of, I relied a lot on like the vegan meats, which if you like them, that's totally okay. They completely skeeve me out now because now I realize how similar they taste to meat and it makes me scared that I'm actually eating meat. So I can't do them anymore, but I would rely on those as like my main source of protein, which again, fine. But if that was like the only source of protein I'm getting and I'm not getting in like a variety, that was like the other mistake I was making is I was just like heavily relying on like, oh, like the meatless meatballs have protein. I'm just going to have them every night. But like you can have beans and you can have lentils and tofu and tempeh and eggs and change it up and not just rely on that. So I definitely wasn't getting a variety either. And it was just looking back at it now and seeing how passionate I am about sports nutrition now and just how like educated I've become. It really makes me proud, but it also makes me laugh at myself and all like my oblivion back then. (laughs) Yeah, same. I think I look back and I'm like what was going through your head? Yeah. <laughs> what was, what were you but thinking? We all, we all start somewhere. Everyone's and been that's there, yeah. yeah. Like that's how you, like you have to make mistakes in order to grow. And learn. Yeah. That's awesome. So I know that with eating and body, that's one aspect of comparison. Another aspect of comparison within running is your watch and your times. Yeah. Have you ever fallen into that trap? or had to navigate that yeah. what's your experience with the apple watch or Pretty the badly. um my so during the winter when i was training on my own this past winter i fell into i i fell into that hole where i let my watch like control me um my one coach always says don't be a slave to the watch and i was a slave to my watch in the winter Part of it, yes, I was running in 10 degree weather and I just wanted it to be over with because I was in like six layers and freezing. But because I was running by myself, I would like run and be like, oh, like I just ran like a 730 mile. Let's see if the next one can be faster. And I remember there was like days where I was like running. I was supposed to be going for a quote unquote easy day. And I was running like sub seven minute miles for three of my miles. And my excuse was like, oh, like I felt good. I felt strong. But then I look back at it now and I'm like, Morgan, like you couldn't like easily talk while you were doing that. You would have been huffing and puffing if you were talking. Your heart rate was through the roof like every day when you're running. Like it looked like I was doing like a speed workout every day when I was running. And it's like, you were not taking your easy days easy. You were literally going hard every day. And then I started to have hip pain because I was just constantly always going hard and not letting my body like really recover from those hard days. So then I remember as it started to get warmer out a little bit, I tried to start to do speed again. And I remember getting so frustrated because speed felt so hard. Like I couldn't hit the times I wanted to, or I just felt like I was burning out too quickly. 
and looking back at it now, it's because I was trying to hit like speed workout paces or a little bit slower than that every single day. So because I was trying to do that, I wasn't letting my body actually get to faster paces. And because if, so if you're trying to run like a six minute mile in a 5k, but you're running all your, um, your runs at like a six ten pace, when you need to kick it and start pushing it and start racing, you can't do it because you've never actually got in your body to a point where you've gone past that pace. So that's kind of the problem I fell into. So I'm very grateful for spring track because I was running with my teammates again and they really showed me the importance of taking your easy days easy. So when I started slowing down my easy runs and we were running like in the eights now, which I hadn't let myself do in the winter because I got that mindset where like anything above eight minutes is quote unquote bad, which it's literally not. It's like, again, your times don't mean anything. If you put one foot in front of the other, you're a runner. And that's all that matters. Like every runner's journey is different. Everyone's at a different point in their training and just be proud of what you are accomplishing and be grateful for what your body can do. Yeah. But once I started running and now I'm running like a minute and 30 seconds slower, now I'm running the fastest speed workouts I ever had. Like mm-hmm. we do 400 repeats a lot for um, my speed workouts. And I remember doing 12 of them, which we would only do like eight the prior cross country season. So the fact that I was able to do 12 and I was hitting my splits for everyone, I would have never been able to do that if I was just constantly running that seven minute pace every day. And it allowed me to really tap into faster paces. And now I was running um, sub six paces in my races. Like I never thought I was able to do that. And just dropping your paces to truly let your easy days be easy allows your hard days to be maximized and to go hard. Yeah. And it's so surprising. At least it was to me when I would see the paces that like really fast runners would run on their easy days. Mm -hmm. And now even, you know, I feel like, Oh, I just want to shout it out to people. Like do not run fast. Yeah. Like and it's like, it, it might seem like for a little bit that like, oh, like going hard every day, like it's fine. Like it's not going to bother you. And like, you might see improvement, but you're going to get to a point where your body's just going to burn out or you're going to get hurt or you're mentally going to burn out because you're pushing yourself every single day and you're not letting your body really get that recovery needs, even if you're not necessarily going as hard as you possibly can, but you're still going harder than what an easy pace should be. If your heart rate's still too high, or you're still like breathing too heavy, or the pace is just not easy enough, you're still not letting your body properly recover. You're still delaying that recovery. So now you're delaying the chance and the time that it's going to take to get to those goals that you have. So Take your easy days easy so your hard days can be hard and you can hit those PRs. Yeah. Awesome. And then (laughs) three, what are your three tips that you think could take anyone from a good runner to a great runner? And like, that could be, that could be nutrition wise. That could be like stretching. Mm -hmm. What are are three things you personally did that you really think helped improve? Um, First of all, you literally have the best questions. I love that question. Um, I would definitely say number one, prioritize your nutrition. I see, I have seen so many people, whether it's on social media or just experienced it in real life. I have seen people who run, who are running like six, seven miles a day, and they're just not prioritizing your nutrition. Running is not normal. 
running six to seven miles normal, a day. Normal people not do not cool. go out and run 40 miles a week. Exactly. Like, yeah. The average person is lucky if they at least walk like two miles a day. Like the fact that you're running, like, and you can be like, oh, sorry if you hear my dog barking, by the way. No, She's going right. nuts right now. But <laughs> you could be like, oh, like I only ran like five miles easy. Like it's no big deal. You're, you're still running five miles and expending yeah. a large amount of energy for a extended amount of time like you're gonna need a lot more food than your friend who doesn't do a sport is gonna need but not only are you gonna need more food and more calories you're gonna need more carbs and it is Mm -hmm. my runners it is totally okay to love your carbs and to eat your carbs literally I live off of carbs like carbs are always the main thing on my plate because they are your energy source and they're what's gonna help you really perform your best but definitely prioritize your nutrition and be aware of the fact that you have such high energy needs because not only are you running a lot but you're going to school and you're walking around school and maybe you're lifting or maybe you're walking and doing other forms of movement as well on top of your running training you have to be mindful of the fact like okay I need to eat more than the average person I need more carbs than the average person I need more protein than the average person so you can't just be like oh like I ran seven miles and then just like not be aware of the fact that you need to prioritize that nutrition, like pre and post-workout fueling, you need to do that as well because the average person doesn't have the pre and post-workout fueling. You do. And it's also like your snacks, it's okay if your snacks look like mini meals compared Mm -hmm. to the average person. So definitely prioritize your nutrition, be mindful of that. That's um, tip number one. Tip number two is I would definitely say um, incorporate strength training into your routine because strength training is not only going to make you physically stronger, but it is going to help prevent injury. And you don't have to lift heavy. You don't have to lift every single day, two to three times a week and just really structure it to like running specific. So like working on running form or strengthening muscles for runners or working on your, um, single leg strength because you're always one foot on and running you're never two feet on the ground that really can make a difference that's something I worked on all this summer and I have definitely felt a difference in how I feel when I run and then I would definitely say for number three is just to really understand how to structure your training plan and by that I mean again take those easy days easy but also understand the importance of rest days and take those rest days Understand that there's hard days, easy days, and recovery days. And make sure you're fitting in those rest days and make sure that once you have that training plan and you fit in, okay, I'm running hard on this day, so I'm going to do my lift on this day, which would be the strength training. Understand that harder days, you're going to need more carbs. You're going to need more calories. You're Well, not necessarily because calorie changes, like calorie needs change every day, but like just in general, like you might feel hungry on the day where you're way more active and that's totally normal. Like it all comes back to yeah. those, three. in my opinion, those are the top three. So prioritize your nutrition, um, incorporate strength training and really understand how to structure your training plan for your needs. Those are solid. Those are like the three I would say too. Mm-hmm. I would add, um, I had one in mind. What would I add? I can't remember right now. Anyways, <laughs> 
Have you ever struggled with self-worth as a runner and feeling like you don't deserve to be where you are, like on the line or hitting the paces you're hitting? Um, yeah, this is definitely something I'm still working on. Um, I'm the type of person that feels like I can always be better at something and that I know there's always someone better than me. And because of that, I tend to not feel good enough, which is such a terrible and stupid mindset because you are literally good enough. Like you don't need to prove yourself to anyone because you are you and there's no one else in this world that is like you and doing you. Um, but because of that, I'm the type of person that like I can go out and meet and I can like PR or I can race really well or whatever, but I'll still find what the one little thing that went wrong was or mm -hmm. the one part of the race where I didn't feel my best. And I just dwell over that. And it's something I'm really trying to work on is like, okay, yes, point out where your weaknesses were, but don't dwell on it so much that you can't appreciate the good things that happen. And like, I'll take like my race from last weekend, for example, um, I ran a PR and I won my first ever race, but I still like pointed out like where I didn't feel the strongest in the race or where I felt like I didn't race like as well as I hoped, but it's like you PR'd, you won your first race and it's the first race of the season. Yeah. Give yourself some grace and like appreciate those big things that you achieved because you're never going to get them back. Like in 30 years from now, you're going to be like, if you look back onto that day, you want it to be full of good memories and happy memories. And if you're making that day be consumed by what you could have done better, where you went wrong, you're not going to have anything good associated with that day. And it should be a good day. So it's definitely a work in progress for me. I'm really trying to learn not to dwell on my mistakes and to realize that I've earned my spot on the starting line just as much as everyone else has. And yeah. to stop doubting myself because I wouldn't be on that starting line if I wasn't supposed to be. So I just, the biggest mindset change that I've had is when I go into a race, I've never really looked at a race as a race against me and other people and like I'm not like competitive with like other runners it's like if I were to see like a runner that I'm like competing with like at a meet like I would say hi and like talk to them and tell them that yeah. like they're yeah there's some people that will like eye you up and like they'll like see you and like they can't like talk to you look and, like, at you and like up and down so yeah stupid like just be nice to people but I view cross-country races as it's a race against me and the clock or it's, yeah. a, it's a race for me and my team. Like we're trying to win as a team or whatever. So that's definitely something that's really like helped me a lot is because I've never really viewed the races as I'm racing against all these other girls and I have to be better than them. Cause then I just feel like that, that puts you in such like a, like cocky kind of mindset. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like I'm better than everyone. Like, yeah. no, like go and just, be better for you and realize that everyone else is trying to be better for them as well. Yeah, I love that. And then another thing I wanted to touch on a bit because I know you've talked about it on Instagram and made a post is switching from vegetarian to pescatarian. I had an experience kind of like this and I think it's something that's not talked about a ton, but I feel yeah. like it is kind of common to feel like you need to come out of some sort of quote-unquote diet how did yeah. you kind of know you needed a change um how did you go about that change 
So, um, like I mentioned previously, when I first started to up my miles and all that, um, I was still vegetarian. And I loved being vegetarian because it just made me feel really good because I'm a big animal lover and I'm very big on helping the environment. And I felt like it was just really helping me meet those values that I had and just making me feel good about, like, I just felt good in general too. Like I was getting a variety of nutrients and I was trying new foods like tofu and tempeh that I never had before that I now have like every single day. But it also made me feel like, oh, like, even if I'm making a small impact, I'm still making an impact on the things that mean a lot to me. But once I hit the junior um, preseason and I was literally running like seven miles a day, now I'm running faster and I'm running up hills and this and that. It's like, cause I also live in a very hilly area. So a lot of my quote unquote easy days could just be like easy pace runs that are like purely uphill. So they're still like pretty, they're pretty hard still. Um, so I started to realize like, I was just way too hungry all the time. And I was like, this is more after cross country had ended. Cause during cross country, I was like, I was really feeling probably the best I ever have in my life during cross country season. I've never felt so well fueled. Um, but then after cross country ended and I started to train in the winter, I just really noticed like, I am way more hungry than normal. Like I was really, really, really well-fueled in cross-country and I felt like I was really in tune with my body. And now I feel like my body's asking for more. And I felt like I just wasn't like recovering as well as I was during the cross season. And I was like, I think my body is telling me like, as much as I love being vegetarian and mainly plant-based, it's not suitable for me and it's not suitable for my health. And um, I also, because I dipped into that summer into a weight that was a little bit too low, but then I managed to get it back up, but doing it during the cross country season. So it was definitely difficult because I'm trying to gain the weight running all these miles. And I feel like people don't talk about how hard it can be to gain weight and how just like, not like because of the mental aspect, but because of just physically how hard it can be. Yeah. It's like, and it's frustrating because I want to gain the weight and it's like, I want to gain weight. And I felt like I just wasn't putting on weight because I was like maintaining, but I wasn't putting on the weight that I wanted because I live such an active lifestyle. So keeping that in mind as well, I figured because the winter I wasn't training or I was training for just maintenance. Um, I wasn't training for races. I wasn't in season. I could really use it as a time to try and get myself up to the weight that I really ideally want to be because I've always been like, I'm at like, a good weight but then I was like but I was also I got myself to that healthy weight but like that exact healthy weight that my doctor like wanted me to strive to be at during cross-country season so it's like if I fluctuate a little bit it's like I want to have I want to have some more weight on me yeah yeah just so I don't feel like oh my weight fluctuated now I'm too low again like I knew my body wanted to would feel more comfortable knowing that it's not close to being underweight and I was like okay I have the time to do this because I'm not racing right now I'm not in season and I was like and I'm really more hungry my body is craving more like just protein and fats I knew in the back of my mind it was like okay I should really look into making a switch and then I started to crave salmon again and I was like really really craving it and I'm like 
this is the sign. Like my body is craving salmon for a reason. It wants the protein. It, yes. wants, it wants the calories. And that's really what made me do the change is like, I knew it's what my body wanted. And as much as it mentally was hard on me for the purposes of like, I know they're just fish, but I still felt bad eating them. Like mentally, that still um, was hard for me. And just like, I felt like it was bad for the environment. But now it's like, I found that there's ways I can purchase fish that are still sustainable for the environment. So it's like a win-win. I'm giving my body what it needs, but I'm still aligning with the values that I have. And it's like, I couldn't be any happier since making that switch because since making that switch, I've not only felt more in tune with my body and I know my body is now more adequately fueled, but um, I've also got to experience trying so many new foods and so many different types of like iconic um, dishes like fish tacos that I'd never had the experience of trying and being such a foodie and someone who loves to cook, like I need to know what a good fish taco tastes like. And now I I do, but it's definitely also helped me um, weight wise since my weight has, since I've started running, it's fluctuated a lot. And it's been something that I'm very aware of. Um, It's also been something that's really, truly helped me um, gain the weight that I need to. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, that's so funny. You talked about craving salmon because I think that was, I was, I craved runny eggs like on toast. I remember you telling me yeah, that. I craved runny eggs on toast and I craved salmon so much. And I remember I had a art class last year, like during fourth period at school. So during like, you know, painting and stuff, we could listen to podcasts. And I remember listening to podcasts and this girl was talking about um, I don't even know what it was about because she was talking about fish or something like that. And I just remember thinking back to all the times in the like past year, my mom had made salmon and I had like wanted to try it. But, you know, like I was still like vegan or too plant based or whatever. And I was like, this is my sign. And I was so mad at myself yeah. the whole day. I was like, I need salmon right now. <laughs> I also think um, so I made the switch in March of this year. Um, but I went to the Florida Keys um, last summer and I watched my dad get like seafood every single night. And I remember being like, I want to try that so badly. Yeah. That looks so good. But I felt like I couldn't because I had tied so much of like my values and to like, like, yeah, I part of my personality had become I'm a vegetarian. So it was like, I felt like I was like betraying myself if I were to go non-vegetarian, yeah. but it's like that's why I'm kind of like, I kind of like fall between like pescatarian and like plant-based. I don't really like label it too. I'm like very loose with the labels now because there's some days where like, I just crave more plant-based foods and I end up eating plant-based. And then there's days where I want eggs and I want salmon or this or that. Like, and that's like the balance that I found is letting my body have the both worlds because those are the two lifestyles that work for me it's like I love being plant-based and eating plant-based makes me feel so good but I know it's not adequate for my lifestyle and I know if I were to be mainly plant-based it just leaves me feeling more hungry and more mm-hmm. and fatigued because I'm not getting as much as when I do eat um, like eggs and seafood and all that so it's really helped me find a good balance that's awesome that's awesome and especially as a runner too because you need the fuel and it's all about 
staying in line with like your values and your morals as best as possible but also realizing like it is not a perfect world that is what you know and my dietitian she when I was making the decision to not be vegan anymore she said Ruby it is like there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on in the world and if it were a perfect world we would all be able to eat exactly in line with our morals and values and you know animals wouldn't die but like they do and that's it's unfortunate but it's the way the world works and balancing because if you're at the point where you are sacrificing your mental health and clarity for a small amount of impact like that's amazing of you but is it worth it you know and it's like going off of like what you said like for the mental health it's like I started to think about food more often because I I was more hungry and it's like I knew psychologically I was thinking about food more often because I knew my brain was craving the salmon. It was telling you, it was like, eat more, eat more. And and it's like, I knew I wanted to try shrimp and wanted to try this type of seafood. And it's like, I just started to, my became more focused on food again. And I didn't want that. I wanted to have a brain that was focused on life, not what I was going to eat in my next meal. And that's really when I knew like, I need to make this switch because at the end of the day, my health needs to come first because yeah. I live a long, happy, healthy life, but I also want to be present in my life now and living my best life now. And for me, that means just embracing life and enjoying life and living life to the fullest, but also making sure that I'm performing well because my sport is such a big part of my life and it's what I love to do and performing well and feeling good in my sport is what makes me feel good. Yeah. That's awesome. And then I know that obviously you mentioned your Instagram account earlier. What started that or what like inspired that? And how has that kind of been a process and a journey? So this actually goes back a little while. So um, if you don't follow my Instagram account, then you wouldn't know this. But um, when I was younger, around the age of 11, I did actually have an eating disorder. I was diagnosed with anorexia. And I used to attend therapy because I was outpatient when I was receiving treatment. And I would attend um, weekly therapy, which then turned into like monthly therapy. And I remember as I got closer to not having to go with my therapist and just realizing how much my therapist helped me, I remember telling my parents like, hmm, like I really want to help people. I could see myself doing this one day. And I knew like, I didn't know if I wanted to necessarily work with eating disorder patients, but I wanted to help people. And I knew I wanted to help people in like the food and like fitness world or like health related world. Um, I knew I didn't want to do anything like medical because I'm a very queasy person and I have very bad emetophobia. So it just wouldn't go well, but I knew I wanted to like help people in a health way. Um, But I always pushed back the idea of doing that and never actually pursued looking into majors and careers that could do that because I thought like it would emotionally be too hard on me, like trying to like relive that because I spent years being ashamed of what I went through and embarrassed of my eating disorder and keeping it a secret and like building up the courage to like tell my closest friends, like it was so hard for me and it would give me like so much anxiety and like I had to like fully gain your trust before I would tell people. Um, So I always said, I've always had a passion for film. So I was like, oh, like I want to be a film major. So we were, when I started researching schools, it's like, oh, I want to be a film major, this or that, but it never felt right. And I remember going on a college tour one day with my parents 
and just like telling them in the car, like, you know, I've always had this idea, like, I want to help people. And I think I might want to do it in like the health way. And then this is after I started to feel myself better. So it's like, now that I've like really started to learn how to feel myself, I realize how passionate I am about nutrition, how much it interests me. And I told my parents, like, I think I want to be like a registered dietitian. And as soon as I started to research registered dietitians and realized that you could be a sports dietitian and help athletes feel themselves, that's when it's like, it felt right. Like all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. Like it felt right. So, um, this is getting close to around winter break. And during winter break, it was like, you know what? Like I've always wanted to make one of those like foodie running accounts, but also just like help people and like talk to people and be like a wellness and lifestyle account and just really try and help people. And I felt like I had gotten to this point where it's like, I've spent so many years being ashamed of what I went through. I want to finally use my experiences to help people. And I finally felt ready for the first time in like five years to share my story. So over winter break, I finally made the account and I'm so grateful I did because I've met so many amazing people like uh, yourself. (laughs) I'm just so grateful to have met all these amazing people, but it's also I feel like I've accomplished my goal of helping people because whether it was helping one person or 10 people, I've had so many amazing people reach out to me and tell me that I've helped them, whether it's find a love for running or fuel themselves properly. And it just literally makes me cry because all I've wanted to do is just be able to help people and have my experiences be able to help people and be something that people can resonate with. And it's like, I've spent so long being ashamed of it And now it's like, I'm not ashamed of what I went through, but I'm proud of it because I see how much it's helped me grow and how much I overcame. And now that I can use it as a way to help people. And it's like, it allowed me to make a podcast myself, which has always been a dream of mine, but I never did it because I was too scared to. It's like making that account has just been the greatest thing I've ever done. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. And you're such a light on social media. I know that- yeah you're just so positive all the time and your account really is like helping people and thank you so much yeah and then I have a couple fun closing questions for you so first cross country or track and why cross country 100 percent. yeah yeah I I'm a distance girl I love oh my god I can't speak running long distances that is a tongue twister (laughs) I literally like my long runs they make me so excited. My like mid, like right now, like for summer training, I've been doing like midweek seven mile runs is like my like middle, like not on my long run, but not like my normal run pace or distance. Like that's like my favorite distance right now is between like six and eight miles. I just love it. Whereas days where my coaches are like, all right, we're doing a speed workout on the track. I'm like, okay. On the track numerous times. And it's like, the only time I genuinely like running around a track is when I'm racing the 32. I've grown to oh, like, yeah. the but it's like, I get so bored of the track, but it's also like cross country. You get to run in different courses, but it's like the training for cross country because you're going for long distances. You get to run in so many places and it's during my favorite season ever. So getting to like, I, again, like I live in a very hilly area and like a woodsy area. So when we run, we run through our trails and like 
the colors of like the trees are changing and the leaves are just bright red and orange and it's so pretty and it smells like fall it's like that's like my free therapy and like just feeling like the yeah. cool air on your face and just like I, I love cross country because like not only because I love the long distance I just love the season and just like it's it's just so fun yeah cross country is superior it's superior um season for sure <laughs> And then what would your last meal on earth be? That is so hard. Okay, it's going to have to be something with pasta, peanut butter, and kapocha squash, because that's what I live on. So (laughs) I'm thinking maybe we'll do a little sweet and savory action, because we all know I love my sweet and savory, because I'm a savory girl. So maybe we'll do like a tofu pasta dish with like air fried tofu and like veggies like a pasta primavera with some kabocha squash and peanut butter on the side because actually kabocha squash dipped in peanut butter and cinnamon is no I believe it it is so good so that can be my little like dessert for my dinner that would probably be my last meal on earth or my or my salmon avocado rice bowls with that's solid that's solid yeah (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on Morgan why don't you tell everyone your podcast and your Instagram so where they can find you um, so my Instagram is balanced by Morgan and my podcast is the mile you're in. And thank you so much for having me. I absolutely love being on here. You're literally the sweetest person ever. And oh, thank you. Instagram account ever. Like you're the oat queen, like your oats, oh, make you. <laughs> but also just like the messages that you preach and like you are helping so many people and spreading so much awareness for such important topics. And you're so, so wise. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. You're too, you're too sweet. Like I said, you're so, you're so kind. Anyways, we'll see, see you all in the next episode. And I hope you all have an amazing day.